Good evening, everyone. It has been a good day. It has been a long day as well. We had a great crowd this morning. We've got a good group here tonight. We've got a lot of our young people that are off, uh, actually out at our house tonight. I'm a little bit anxious. I've got a bonfire that's probably 20 feet tall that's being manned by youth ministers right now. And I'm hoping that I have a home whenever I get back there. Uh, John Allen is also speaking tonight, so if I make a quick exit, that's where I'm heading off to. Uh, I stand before you tonight thankful as well. Uh, Daniel and Allison just had their shower, and we were talking about it at lunch today. Daniel was two months old when we came to Eastside. Uh, this congregation has helped us with our children, uh, and for them to find good Christian spouses, we're just excited and blessed beyond measure. Uh, so many of you have helped us. Uh, you've been there for us, and you've been a great congregation for us, and I just feel... Uh, blessed beyond measure when I think about what the Lord has uh, given us uh, through this congregation. Uh, it's a, been a wonderful, wonderful thing to reflect on. Well, we're in Matthew chapter 18. We're going to try to wrap up what we started this morning looking at Jesus' teaching. Uh, Jesus taught us about sin and said a lot of different things about sin, about the importance of avoiding it, of the idea of not being the cause of it. Uh, we ended with how do we deal with sin with our brother and Peter is going to take that sort of to the to the next step on what do we do when it comes to forgiveness I want you to stop tonight and to really think I appreciated the prayer talking about listening to God's word uh, this is a struggle for many of us when it comes to forgiveness uh, because people can really hurt us and when people hurt us it can last a long time and if we allow it, we can let that take an anchor in our minds and in our hearts and then affect who we are and the joy that we ought to have. And as we think about Jesus' words, I want us to sort of search for any part of our life where this is something that we need to, uh, to implement it, put it into our hearts and into our lives. Uh, forgiveness or the failing to offer forgiveness to other people is something that's just going to anchor us and pull us down. But Jesus is telling us what we have a responsibility to do, but he's also, uh, he's given us information on how to set ourselves free. Uh, failing to forgive is like taking poison and hoping it's going to hurt the other person. And it's not going to happen. So as we think about this, I want us all to see and to search within our hearts and our souls to make sure that this is a part uh, that we're, you know, we're going to take this in and try to make a difference in our lives with it. Uh, sin is serious, but forgiveness is divine, is what I thought was the phrase I thought as I looked at Jesus' words here in Matthew chapter 18. We saw all those uh, seriousness of sin and the harsh consequences. Uh, God doesn't want anyone to be lost when someone wanders off. We see that we need to go and try to reach them. We're going to reach out and invite them to come back. Or if we have something against someone else, we go to them one-on-one. -on -one. We take a group of people. We eventually even take it before the church. Well, what's the next step? Once they come back, what do we need to do? We need to forgive. Uh, we are called to forgive those who sin against us, and that's sort of the thought of what we would look at. When you look at our call to forgive, we could spend a lot of time looking at what Jesus taught. 
Uh, but we see in Matthew chapter 5, verse 24, he says, if you're going to the altar and you have something wrong with somebody else, you need to get that taken care of. You go and reconcile with your brother, and then you come to worship. To come to worship God and his people and to come to give him praise and having something against somebody else, he says it doesn't work that way. Reconcile those things together. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, as he finishes up, and this would be a challenge. Uh, if your heart's really touched by this tonight, I want you to think about Jesus' words in the, in the Lord's Prayer. Pray what he told you to pray. Father, forgive me. Usually we're pretty good at asking for forgiveness. But forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. Forgive me as I forgive other people. If you will faithfully pray that, if you're having a struggle at the end of this lesson, like, I'm, I, you know what, I'm having a tough time with forgiving this person and this situation, I want to encourage you to pray what the Lord has asked you to pray. Pray for him to forgive you only as you forgive others. And one of two things are going to happen. His spirit is going to change your life and you're going to become more forgiving or you're going to quit praying that prayer. But he wants us to pray it and to be changed by it. Matthew chapter 6 verse 14 says, if you, for if after he finishes showing us how to pray, he says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, if, then your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive yours. Jesus goes on and says we need to love our enemies. Uh, that principle is seen and is so very difficult, but Jesus shows us ultimately in the greatest way there in Luke chapter 23, what does he say? They are crucifying, and he says what? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Our Savior, the one that we're disciples, the one that we're following, is going to be able to say, look, you can take me to my death. You can be the cause of my death, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to change my perspective. I'm going to step away from even the wrong that someone else is doing, and I'm going to say, I want them to have forgiveness in my last moments. And we think, well, that's the Lord. Only the Lord could do that. But in Acts chapter 7, we see, no, his disciples can do it too. Stephen is there, the first Christian martyr, and he is being stoned, and they're throwing rocks at him, and his last words that he's going to call out is going to be, Lord, don't hold this sin against him. God can do amazing things within us when it comes to forgiveness. He's to be praised for that, and we're to be open to it and to say, Lord, I want to have that kind of change in my life. Well, after all this talk about the seriousness of sin and how to do our best to reconcile to somebody, the next step is to look at that idea of forgiveness. And we're here in Matthew chapter 18, look in verse 21 and 22 once again. Peter's paying attention. He sees the seriousness of sin. He sees how we're supposed to go to somebody and try to make that change. And then Peter comes up and we kind of assume that he thinks he's got a pretty good answer for Jesus. We think that he's kind of asking the teacher the question, but at the same time, he's going to give the answer that he thinks will be more impressive. Because he comes and says, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Now, most times we say three strikes and you're out. You know, you're being pretty patient. If somebody does you wrong three times in a row, you know, after three, then it's kind of on him. Peter's going to go beyond that idea. He's going to say seven times. That's the complete number. You know, that's an important number to the Jewish people. How about seven times I'm going to forgive them? What if I do that? And he says, would that be, you know, I, I want to be very, very forgiven. But Jesus says to him, I don't say to you seven times, but 77 times. Peter thinks he's being generous when it comes to forgiveness. And Jesus says, no, what I want you to do is I want you to get to a point that you're not counting. You're not keeping score. 
You're not saying, well, I'm going to give them one more shot at this. I want you to be a person that when people come to you and say, look, I'm going to try to be different, that you're going to say, I'm going to forgive them. Well, how do you do that? How do you forgive? I think it's important for us to realize what it is that we're being asked to do. Forgiveness is sort of in a psychological sense is where you are intentionally, you are voluntarily deciding that I am going to, even though I've been victimized, even though I've been wrong, I'm going to come and release that other person from me feeling resentment towards them. I'm not going to hold you and treat you as if you have wronged me anymore. And even though you've offended me, and even though you've done something that was wrong to me, I'm going to overcome that, and I'm going to overcome negative emotions towards you, and I'm going to overcome resentment or any desire for vengeance. I'm going to let that go. But it's not because of you. It's because of me. It's because of what's happening within my heart. Jesus made a voluntary decision. These people are hurting me. They're trying to hurt me, and I could want vengeance. I could want revenge. I could feel resentment towards them, but instead he says, no, Father, forgive them. I'm making that choice because of who I am, not because of what they've done, but because of who I am. And that comes over into Stephen's life, and Stephen says, you know what I'm going to do? This crowd that I was trying to talk about, and I told them how they were wrong, and I was doing what God wanted, and they wanted to kill me too, but you know what he did? He made a voluntary decision. It was intentional. I'm not going to sit here and go to my death mad at somebody else. I'm not going to hold within my heart a need for vengeance. Vengeance is God's. He will repay. I'm not going to think that I have to be mad at you. I'm going to let go of those emotions that I have in my life, and I'm going to forgive. Well, it's not easy. Why? Because there's a lot of barriers to that. There can be intense pain. There's a lot of memories that can continue to come up, and we can continue to think about those things. Uh, none of us like to be slighted. None of us like the, being mistreated. And that happens. People do that to us. And really, if we're very, very honest with ourselves, we're all pretty egocentric. We really think about our end of the interaction. You know that if you ever do something wrong, if you're ever late, it was because it was traffic, there was this, there was that. There was all kinds of reasons for why I did that. Or if I came and I did something I shouldn't have done, well, it was just a bad day, and I want you to have mercy on me because, really, you don't understand I had a lot of things happening, and that's why you ought to forgive me. But if in, I'm in the same situation and you don't do what I'm expecting, it's not that you had a bad day. It's, well, you're a bad person. We can be very just focused on what happened with me within this situation. A lot of times when it comes to forgiveness, I don't have time to think about what's going on. What did Jesus say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What did he say? He thought about the position that they were in. These guys don't get it. You know why the person hurt you most likely? A lot of times we say hurt people hurt people. They're in a bad situation. They're making bad choices. They're being hurtful. They're under the control of something else, and it's not God. And because of that, they've made steps and put there. And you would never want to be in their situation, but a lot of times we can, instead of thinking about what led them to the point of hurting us, we just think about how we were hurt. And if we can step back on that and say, wow, there's a lot of things that lead to this situation, and hopefully that uh, can help us. Well, how do we forgive people? I think it's important to know that whenever you uh, forgive somebody, there's some things that it's not. It's not reconciliation in every way. 
Okay, when I forgive somebody, that doesn't mean there's not consequences or not going to be new rules or barriers for that relationship. I'm going to forgive you, and I'm not going to feel bad. I don't need vengeance. I'm not going to feel negative towards you. But it doesn't mean that everything else is going to be like it was before. You know, relationships change and, and evolve because of choices. Uh, it's not minimizing their actions. It's not condoning what happened. Oh, it's not a big deal. No, it's a big deal. What they did was a big deal, but what God wants out of my life is bigger. And I'm going to forgive you, not by saying, oh, don't worry about it. It didn't matter. No, it mattered. Forgiveness doesn't say that it didn't matter. It says it, my need to forgive, my call by God to forgive is more important than how much it affected me. Uh, and we just realized that it is not easy. And I think that's why Jesus told Peter and told us the story that we have next. Let's look at this passage. Uh, the parable, a lot of times people say, and I know in my Bible it said, the parable of the unforgiving servant. Uh, I don't think the unforgiving servant was the star of this story. Uh, this was the story of the forgiving master. The amazing aspect of the parable was the master who was going to be so forgiving. But again, what do we do? We read the news story and point out the negative person. And we call, oh, it's this guy that was unforgiving. Let's think about how forgiving our God is, because I think that's the key to me, being more forgiving in my life, because that's what we're trying to do, isn't it? Become more and more like him. So Peter says the question, seven times that'd be great. He's going to say 77 or seven times 70. I mean, you just have this idea of don't keep up with it. Just be forgiving. Let me tell you a story to let you feel what God is thinking. Let you feel what, how God deals with forgiveness. And then you decide to take on that challenge to answer that call to follow in whatever way. Verse 23 of Matthew chapter 18 says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. Okay, Jesus already, we saw this morning, he's using some out-of-control illustrations. And here's Jesus once again is going to, when he tells this story, everybody just steps back and goes, this, this isn't really, you know, this isn't something that's possible. Uh, Whenever Jesus is doing, he's using these exaggerated statements. Uh, it's not meant to be taken literally. These people are not going to know somebody in this situation, but he's making it so much bigger so that they would understand. A talent. Uh, depending on what you're looking at, if it was a talent of gold or a talent of silver, a lot of times they talk about how much a person could carry, 75 pounds of gold. Some people, as they would look at this at different numbers, uh, basically a talent would take a man 20 years to earn a talent. And Jesus says he owns how many? 10,000 talents. Well, you can sit there and figure that out in a lot of different numbers ways. I think the study Bible that I was looking at earlier today said, well, it's $6 billion. You know, but what you have is you have a ridiculous amount of money that cannot be paid back. You would have to work for thousands of years in Jesus' day to pay back the punishment that was there. So this master is looking down, and the fact that you just, you know, as you hear the story, this master is in charge of a servant, and he's settling a number of different accounts. How does he have one account with one guy that's $6 billion, and that guy's totally upside down and can't pay any of it back? Okay, the debt is, un, you know, un, there's no way in the world he's going to pay it back. There's no way for this guy to take care of it. And since he couldn't pay, what does he say? Oh, we'll sell him. Well, how much are you going to get for one guy? Not much. We'll sell his wife, sell his children, 
Everything that he has, payment has to be made. Why? Because that's what is right and fair. When somebody owes you a debt, it ought to be paid back. Well, this man owes his master a debt that he can never pay. There's no way to work it off. Putting him and his family in prison, well, let them work until they can pay off the last cent. And you're like, there's no way as a prisoner he's ever going to make the money to pay this back. And what happens? Of course, the man is desperate. Look at what he does in verse 26. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me. I will pay you everything. No, you won't. No chance. That's the story. Look, this guy owes you so much money, and here you are in so much debt, and you fall down in desperation because your entire life is over. Your wife and your children are gone. You're going to work as a slave. You're never going to get a dime of it all. It's all going to go to him, and your only desperate cry is, no, 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 I can pay you back. And you know deep in your heart there's no way you're going to be good enough. There's no way you're going to make enough money to pay him back. And then verse 27, and out of pity... For him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. Makes no sense. The shock of the story is that, one, you're thinking, how does this even work? How could somebody owe somebody that much money? How could this situation be there? How could he be having a straight conversation about this level of debt? How could he pretend that he could pay it all back? And then Jesus throws the curveball in at the end and just says, no, actually what happens is the master just says, you know what? Don't worry about it. What's $6 billion between friends? And it doesn't make any sense at all except that there's a master who is so forgiving, it's unimaginable. There isn't a businessman who's going to do that. There's not a friend. There's not anybody that could have that type of ability. And what are we saying? The biggest surprise of all of Jesus' illustrations in this chapter is that we have a father, we have a master who just says, you know what? I'll forgive you. Now, we know the source of that forgiveness. We know what it took for God to be able to offer that to us. And Jesus isn't going into that in this situation. He's just making everybody that hears the story aware of, you know, it's unimaginable for you to be forgiven and that the master will do that. And we just see the level of God's forgiveness. Could you imagine all of your sins on the screen? Is that horrifying? to you it is to me think of all the things one the screen's not big enough is it our whole lives from everything we did when we were young everything in our teenage years 20s 30s 40s 50s you just move on through every time that we were egocentric Every time we did what we wanted and every time that we were selfish and every time we let this world and the devil get the better of us and you think of just how long would it have to scroll. We can't even wrap our mind around it. We don't think there's the technology to do that. Except our God knows every one of them. He could make this screen come alive. He knows everything that we have ever done, anywhere that we've ever gone, every word that we have ever said, every action that we have ever taken, and we come before God and say, I'll pay you back? No. We come before God in desperation and we say, 
can we be forgiven? And he says, yes. As we think about this idea of what God has done for us, let us go through our days different than everybody else. Everybody else doesn't know what to do with their burdens. We know where to lay them down. Let us take comfort in that fact. Let us know that we are right with him. Make sure that we have given those things over to him and realize that God not only has the ability to see all of those things, but he is willing to forgive us. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12 as he's talking about all the things that he's going to do for the people in his new kingdom. He says, I will be merciful towards their iniquities and I will remember their sins no more. If you don't have a great reason to walk out with a smile praising God, it's because he has said if you're his child, it's over. They are forgiven. I have decided to forget them and you can move on with your life. Well, praise God for his immeasurable gift. So you have this quick, unexpected change in the middle of the story, and Jesus then comes in with a surprise ending because really he's telling the story, and this uh, forgiving father is the one that is the biggest thing that's happened within the story, but he's doing it to answer Peter's question. How often are you going to forgive someone else? And look at what happens. The same servant goes out, and he found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay me what you owe. A denarii is what you would pay for one day's wage. This guy comes out and he owes him a hundred days pay. Is that a decent amount of money? Sure, it's a decent amount of money. Do we go in debt that amount? Sure we do. Can you pay it back? Absolutely. It's just going to take a little bit of time. But this man walks out and immediately sees this other guy who owes him the money, starts to choke him saying, you better pay me back. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I'll pay you. And he refused and he went out and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. What does Jesus want everybody here in the story to do? What? So there's just this sense of fairness. This does not make sense. Now we understand that some people may owe somebody else, and if you owe somebody, you ought to pay your debt back. If you owe somebody $10,000, well, you know, you've got a responsibility towards that. But really, when it's in comparison to what has just happened in this guy's life, and he walks out the door, and in light of what his master has done and the forgiveness that he has given, how in the world did you walk out and immediately be in such a way that this guy that owes you something, you can't let it go, you're going to choke him, and you're going to tell him he need, you have to pay him back? It doesn't make sense. And everybody has a problem with that part of the story. The other workers that were outside that maybe knew what has just happened, the master forgave this guy. That's what I just heard. He came out saying he doesn't owe him any money at all. And he looks over at the guy and then they see the guy choking the guy who owes him a little bit of money. What's Jesus want us to know? Others notice. Other people know if you've forgiven them or not. Your spouse knows, your children know, your friends know. People know if we're walking around with a grudge. And those two workers are looking out and say, what in the world? And they see what's going on and they go back into the master and say, hold, hold up, let, let me get this straight. That, that, is it right that you forgave this guy of everything? Well, yeah, that's what happened. You know what he just did? Because other people are seeing what's happening. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. 
Everybody else saw that and said, well, that doesn't make sense. As we go out as disciples of Jesus Christ and we're saying, you know what we have? We have forgiveness. God has forgiven us of everything. He can remember every sin, but he is willing to forgive every sin. Praise God for everything that he has done for me. And then somebody does this wrong at work. And I'm going to hold on to it. And somebody does this wrong in our family. And we're going to hold on to it. And we're going to hold on to it. Others are watching us. Uh, but the most important thing is that our master is watching us as well, right? Our Father in heaven who's given us everything is watching how we respond to that gift. Look at verse 32 through 35. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all of his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. What's the message of Jesus for us tonight? We must forgive others because our father forgives us. It's not an easy message. Some of you are struggling with that message but it's Jesus's message it's what he wants us to think about he what it's where he wants our heart to go he wants us to change a forgiveness is not something that is easy but it is a intentional decision to voluntarily say I'm not going to hold that against you anymore I'm not just going to look at my situation I'm going to look at you and what your needs would be and I know that you are in need of forgiveness and I'm going to offer that I'm going to release that bitterness. I'm going to release that problem. I'm not going to hold on to this burden anymore because it's not going to help me. And guys realize that most of the time it's not going to hurt them. They may not be worried about it anymore. I'm going to do this because it's like my father in heaven. And you know what happens as I become more like him? He's going to bless me. I may not get what is fair. I may not get what I, you know, what ought to have been done but I'm going to get what God wants me to have in this situation. And maybe what God wants us to have is a deeper understanding of how much he loves us that he has let go of pain and let go of what we owe him and has just said, I'm a forgiving God and he wants us to have a little part of who he is in our lives. Uh, may God bless us as we consider our th these thoughts. Uh, may he help us as we deal with forgiving other people and you know what? Other people will notice, and the Father will notice as well. May we be challenged by God's word, and we may we go out and put it into practice in our lives. Uh, tonight, as we close, we want to offer the Lord's invitation to you. Uh, Jesus didn't go into a lot of detail. He just said, this guy owes more than he could ever pay, and the master said, don't worry about it, it's forgiven. It's amazing how forgiving our Father is. What did it take? It took his son coming to earth. It took Jesus living a perfect life. It took Jesus being willing to forgive even in the situations that he was in. And it took his blood being shed and our father was willing to do everything to make it possible to give you that gift. Do you believe that? If you have faith in that, I want you to act on it. I want you to come and make a decision that you're gonna come to God asking for his grace and his mercy. He asked for you to confess him, to change your life, to turn to him. Maybe if you're not a Christian tonight, it would be an awesome night to do it. Maybe tonight you just need help as well as a Christian. Maybe you're struggling with these things. Don't struggle alone. 
Uh, let us know how we can help you. If we can pray for you or do anything, we invite you to come as we stand, as we sing.